The Sons of Liberty is a politically neutral organization. We believe that the Judeo-Christian ethic has provided the principles upon which this nation was founded. It is our belief that these principles provide not only the foundation and framework for American government and society, but are also essential to the maintenance of a fair and just society. All program content is based on a Christian biblical worldview. One of you said to me recently that we shouldn't rock the boat. Well, ladies and gentlemen, I want to tell you that I am a boat rocker. Good morning, America. Welcome, Christians, conservatives, constitutionalists, liberals, libertarians, communists, Islamists, LGBTQ, RSTV, WXYZ people, all the boat rockers who are in the house, and anybody else I may have missed, too. The Sons of Liberty radio show here on Red State Talk Radio, where we use the Bible and the Constitution not to see who's on the right or the left, but who is on the straight and narrow. I'm your host, Tim Brown, coming to you live from the U.S. occupied state of South Carolina. The editor at SonsLibertyMedia.com, and for our Muslim friends, I'm the infidel that Allah warned you about. I hold to the book, the Bible, as the authoritative word of God. Glad that you guys have joined us here on Saturday morning, taking time out to listen to the Sons of Liberty, and we appreciate it very much. If you would like to check us out online, please do so. Go to SonsOfLibertyRadio.com or SonsOfLibertyMedia.com. In fact, if you head over to SonsOfLibertyMedia.com, and you're listening by way of Red State Talk Radio, scroll down on the right side of the page, and whoops, I clicked on that, and it brought this up. <laughs> We're having, all my friends in the UK are popping in a little late today, they're making me nervous. <laughs> um, scroll down on the right side of the page, and we are going live in the second video on the right side of the page. So if you are uh, using a mobile device, you'll get a mobile version that doesn't look like this. It'll be just the middle area and with the articles. But if you have something like Google Chrome on your phone or something, you can click to hit uh, to view desktop version, and you'll see the right side. And you can click on that, and you can join us in the chat if you'd like to do that. You can see the faces made for radio and a couple that aren't. And, and I'm talking about mine, not made for radio. Uh, and then above that, you'll see Bradley's show from yesterday. Bradley and I did the show yesterday on Joe Biden and his talk about getting all the vaccines out by May the 1st, as though everybody's looking to be a guinea pig for Big Pharma. I mean, Joe was like he's trying to get an award for pimping out the most uh, experimental medical device operating systems to jab into your body that can possibly kill you and which now we've we, I just put out the report this morning uh, reports of serious blood clots cause eight nations now many of them European nations to halt experimental AstraZeneca injections now this is after the the AstraZeneca uh, was demonstrated in South Africa to not do anything to stop quote-unquote, mutations, if they've even proved that they exist. All right, so just just so you're aware of what's going on there. Also, right above that, subscribe to the email list. We don't rent your email. We don't spam you. We don't sell your email to other companies or things like that. We just send you one email a day. When you get that, it has all of the articles that we put out today, and that includes mine, Bradley's, and our other contributors. By the way, we're going to make mention of one here that Suzanne put out yesterday, uh, with the video 
of the, I think it was the chief medical officer from Moderna, who actually said, and he said it back in 2017, the mRNA shots that they're developing do change your DNA. He says it. You can hear him. Go to sonsoflibertymedia.com, and it is right here in, if I'm not mistaken, I thought I put it in the in the scroll, but maybe I didn't. I have, I, I've got to update that. So I'll do that here in just a second. I thought I had done that last night. Uh, but you can scroll down and you'll see that the guy from Moderna actually admits this is, this is what they were doing. Okay. And while you're there, if you agree with the message of the Sons of Liberty, there is a donate button right at the top of sonslibertymedia.com. Click on that, make a donation to us. Uh, if you're able to do so, we're not asking you to go into any kind of debt. Now I'm going to click off here and we're going to have this screen again. And I'm going to have to go back and bring that up. Okay, so uh, make a donation. And then also, if you'd like to partner with us as a son or daughter of liberty, you can click right at the top of the page, become a son or daughter of liberty. That's a monthly um, supporter that we have. Guys, we have needs. It costs money to do the things that we do. We have families to take care of, too. And uh, look, neither one of us mind working. We work all day long. I work from the time I get up to the time I go to bed. And um, so we we have a good work ethic. We're not, you know, sitting back eating bonbons and, you know, sitting by the pool or I don't even have a pool or any of that kind of stuff. We we really do dedicate ourselves to all the things that we're doing, both on the radio, on the Internet, and then out in the public among the states in taking our Christian constitutional heritage there as well. Also, there's a store button. If you would like to purchase products for yourself that are good conversation starters, that are good for equipping you in... Um, a lot of things, or equipping your kids. We've got some things in there that you can use to equip your kids. And also, good conversation starters and make great gifts, then feel free to go to our store. That also supports us as well. And I can't tell you, we, we really appreciate that very much. Now, I'm having a little difficulty. Um, I think Kate is on, and I'm going to bring her on in a second. But uh, Dr. Corbett, we're having a little trouble with the video for some reason. I think the audio's come through, but we haven't got the video. And I was running late posting things. So uh, video audience, forgive me. I'm going to have to take just a couple of seconds here just to bring them up. But just want to say welcome, uh, Kate and Dr. Corbett, to the Sons of Liberty. Good morning. Hi. Hi. Good morning. Good to, see, good to see you guys. Well, CK, oh, oh, Dr. Corbett's on too. Let me let me get this up here so everybody can see you guys, your smiling faces. And uh, there we go. And uh, they're ready to go this morning. Um, I know when I sent you the message, Kate, last night, you know, what, what are we going to talk about? And uh, there's a lot of stuff that's going on in the UK. Uh, Bradley was speaking about this yesterday, and he really gave us a, a good shout out that in bringing you guys on, you kind of bring us... I don't know. I don't want to say a crystal ball, but you bring us definitely what we're starting to see uh, ramp up here in the United States. You guys have been dealing with for several months, and it's only getting worse, even though the people are standing up over there. Do you guys want to speak to that? Yeah, it's uh, Dr. Corbett and I will tell you, it's it's turning uh, into an even bigger stabathon in London. Uh, We've always had a problem with stabbings and, of course, Genghis Khan, Sadiq Khan's London, he's not even addressing this. And we see more and more people are just being stabbed. And, um, and then, of course, uh, which, which Dr. Corbett will go into something else that's going on. Um, a young lady, or allegedly a young lady, was murdered by a police officer. I won't go into the details. But what was interesting for me on that one was um, some woman 
then in politics called for all men to be on a 6 p.m. curfew in, in London. All right, and maybe she means it everywhere. But for me personally, I quite like our men on the streets because I don't feel safe with our police officers the way they're acting at the moment. So that would mean that all us women would be on the streets from 6 p.m. doing what we're doing, coming out of work. And, and I've said constantly that we need our men. We need our men with what is happening now. Amen. This tyranny, absolute tyranny. And they've been emasculated for long enough by us ourselves as well. So to have some woman stand there and start shouting, we want a curfew on all men at 6 p.m. Do we put a curfew on all men um, at 6 p.m. because there's been stabbings in London? Or maybe we'd like to put a curfew on all knives and you can only eat with a fork. Uh, maybe we'll put a curfew on all cars because of car accidents every day. It's absolutely mental what's going on. I know Dr. Corbett loves it when I say mental, um, <laughs> but it is, it's, it's losing all rational thinking. And the longer people go along with this, um, the more it's becoming embedded in people's psyche, you know, the whole mask thing. Um, and then of course, we, we see all over the world with the um, what's happening with countries withdrawing from these, these devices that they like to call vaccines. They're actually withdrawing from it because of the death rate. And yet it doesn't even enter into the press here. So, um, again, I'll just say the same thing to everyone. Switch off your TVs. Uh, use the, the newspapers for picking up dog poo. And... Um, turn your soul to Christ because then you'll get the truth. You'll hear, you'll hear your own intuition telling you that this defies all rational thinking. Absolutely does. I don't know if you got to see my interview with Dr. Lee Merritt on the mass this past week. I did. Okay. The, I mean, it was phenomenal and everywhere she's put that up, that's been taken down. It's kind of like your videos uh, that you've put out, Kate, where they've just, they've just eliminated you from speaking out and speaking the truth here about what's going on. And, you know, people need to understand that is a part of liberty too. It is to speak the truth. And the truth has no reason to fear. You know, I did an interview yesterday with a young lady down in Florida. Some of the stuff I agree with her on the immigration. There are certain things that we need to fix, but there's a lot of stuff that it kind of opens up a can of worms for some other things, and there's no real solution. It becomes sort of an emotional argument, and I don't mind that people come from a different perspective, but uh, to, to not allow the, the a dissent or a difference of opinion of how you see things, to me, is very, very problematic. Now, uh, we have a question in the chat, and I'm just going to throw this out. This wasn't really part of our, our discussion today. Uh, but Suzanne asked, could you ask the medical experts if someone who got the vax, and if they donate blood with the person who got the blood transfusion from the vaxed person, that they now have the vax themselves due to the blood transfusion? I think we kind of covered this before, but I'm almost sure, or I did it with the Dr. Merritt, I'm almost sure that's the case, that, they, that some of that transfers out of them into the other person. Is that correct? That's what I've been led to, led to understand it by. But also, um, why would you want blood from someone that's had this device put into them that's going to change their DNA? You wouldn't want it. You just would not want it. Are there, but um, I, I will say this uh, in the chat room that I, I wouldn't worry too much about that in the UK at the moment because we don't have a national health service. We have a COVID service. 
and you're not getting treatment. And if you're elderly or if you're, um, you're disabled, you're already a do not resuscitate. So don't worry about that one. Um, it's, it's, uh, it's something that's been scaling down on a limit that, uh, you know, at a speed that's unbelievable. But as I understand it, it's not something that I would want to have a blood transfusion from someone who's had it. Well, I guess then the question would be, would be, um, would the people who are, who are taking blood from people, and I used to get blood, you know, years ago, like in high school and stuff, it was a way to get out of class and you felt like you were doing something good, but it, it, are they, are they even scanning for that? And would they be asking people, have you had the vaccine? Would they be labeling that so that people would even be informed about it? Because in a lot of cases where they give people blood, uh, I'm assuming they're in a, a state of unconsciousness where they can't say, yeah, I'd like that kind of blood or this kind of blood or without that or whatever or the other, the, the people are just bringing in, would this even be something? I don't even think this would be something that would be scanned that people would know they're getting. Well, Dr. Corbett's going to answer this one. I can see him already getting ready. All right, Dr. You know, Corbett. The whole lie that is the AIDS, we know what that yep. is, is just a big lie. Yep. And the HIV, but we've already seen people having this device and then being told they're HIV positive. Now, I know when I worked for British Airways, I wasn't allowed to give blood when I was long haul cabin crew because I'd gone to countries where HIV was prevalent. So we weren't allowed to give, give blood. So what, what do you say to that, Dr. Corbett? Well, I think it's a good point to think about um, what screening is in place where, you, where people have blood transfusions, where they give them, they donate them, or they receive them. So, so this is an important issue that people need to clarify. And I can imagine this hasn't been thought through, uh, that you know, people who take the, the injection, the, the so-called vaccines, are they going to be donating their blood post-vaccination or not? And if they are, does that get disclosed to the recipient of that donation? And I would imagine mm. that this hasn't been thought through at all. It may be the case in America where um, it is a cash transaction. So people, it's not a free altruistic donation. Generally, people can donate for money. They actually sell their units of blood. Then they'll have to declare or they should be declaring that they've actually received the injection, the so-called vaccination. Um, but if that hasn't happened, and then that unit of blood then gets transmitted unwittingly, undisclosed to a recipient who, who doesn't want to take the injection, the vaccine, then they're going to be conned, they're going to be fooled, they're going to receive the um, the blood donation under a fraudulent situation where they are actually being given it by mistake or they've been given it on purpose without disclosure. So this is an important issue for people. It's a very good question in your chat room for people to think about. And I would imagine it hasn't been thought through or it's been thought in a very simplistic way that the injections are such good things, everybody should have them, and they've not been questioned. So this is a very important issue that we need to clarify here in the UK. And I would imagine that what's happening in the UK is that people are thinking that the injections are so good and they're so beneficial 
that there's no question that somebody wouldn't want to receive them in a blood donation. And of course, that isn't true. That isn't true at all. And even with the government statistics, at least 25, 30% of people admit they do not want to take these injections. And the statistics, are, I should imagine, are much higher. I would imagine they're at least 50%, if not more, people do not want to receive these injections because within their terms of reference, they're experimental, they haven't been through phase three trials, and the data just isn't there. They've been fast-tracked through with emergency use regulations, which have been um, the, 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 the precautionary principles have been waived, mm. and these are dangerous injections that are causing, in America, they're causing thousands of deaths and thousands of adverse events. In the UK, we've had hundreds of deaths and thousands of adverse events. And I would imagine that the deaths are far higher because they're underreported. And certainly that would be the case in the United States. Yeah. Underreported adverse events and deaths. Yeah. So this is quite important for people to think they're going to receive a blood transfusion and they don't want the injection. They need to ensure that the unit that they are given is free of the injection. And yeah. if it's not, they need to refuse it. And of course, you know, Certain um, faith beliefs are ahead of the curve on this because uh, they have their own um, blood saves already. I'm thinking of oh. some of the Jehovah's Witnesses, and, and they're able to to tap into their own blood supplies already. So okay. that's something very positive. Now, we, we've got uh, two more questions. Now, I think the one I can answer, uh, one of the ladies asked... Um, what what ha what happens if they violate our civil rights? My body, my choice, and stop you from leaving your home, block your accounts, literally uh, functioning. You say it's our civil liberties to refuse our constitutional right. If they violate it, don't say it can't happen because uh, look at what they're doing. Uh, I don't know what the word is there. Maybe that was a typo or whatever against the Constitution every day. And I agree, uh, Brenda, they, they do that. But the thing is, is that one, there's a preparation. Uh, go to SensLibertyMedia.com, search Franklin Sanders. Look at that issue that you can work outside of any system that they try to lock you into. Okay, You can work outside of that. You really can't prepare for that. And then there's other things. You know, my wife and I have talked about uh, expanding a, a big garden this year. So I've got to go out there and I've got to... I'm going to have to plow up a bunch of land more than I do. I've got a black thumb. She can grow anything. Um, and we're going to bring chickens in and all this other stuff. So there are things that we can do to help ourselves be more self-sufficient. And I would recommend getting older books to learn how to do certain things. We've got an, a big old book uh, to learn how to do things outside of what would be the new techn technocracy system that's coming on. Now, the other question that we had, and it ties with the blood one, and I think it's going to be the same thing, Dr. Corbett. Um, Ray asked, can you please ask if, if transplants are safe right now? And I would assume they're not simply because if the blood's not safe, this is going in the blood. The Bible tells us the life of the flesh is in the blood. Moses said this, what, 2,500 years before Christ, and and knew this stuff without all this technology, without all this. Why? Because 
the Spirit of God gave it to him, the, the very God who created us, who made all our parts, who wrote all our parts in his book, as, as the psalmist says, who fearfully and wonderfully made us. He was the one who said, the life of the flesh is in the blood. It takes oxygen to the cells. It takes out the trash. It does all of these amazing things. And all we know about it is, I mean, the basic person knows, it's red and it's warm and I get it when I get cut. Uh, but they don't understand all of the functions of the blood oftentimes. And it's a pretty amazing thing the Creator's done. So I, I, either one of you want to comment on that? I'm assuming the same thing for a transplant would be I, true of I a blood transfusion. Yep, I'll go ahead. answer. We could do this in two parts. Um, first of all, I'm going to do it in, in a part that's it's already uh, got me into sticky water. And incidentally, Tim, just to let you know, the, the Nursing and Midwifery Council, taken over by the government in 2001, do indeed watch your show because they've included recent footage in a new hearing, but I've already resigned from them, so I'm going to have no part in it. Um, but uh, what I what I learned um, after I had cancer was that the whole um, organ transplant is a eugenics program. And when patients are given organ transplants, when they become recipients, they have to take lots of immunosuppressing drugs uh, so that they don't reject that organ. And then these patients are often very sickly and they, they die of other diseases like cancer because they don't have immunity. And, and then if we go on to the organ donor, um, there's a very famous, um, uh, he's a, he was a um, neonatal doctor and he's a Christian. He's got a whole website up. He's in his 80s now. And he, he talks about the eugenics program and how they would go in and they use the same repertoire to get the relatives to hand over, if you like, the patient to be prepped for organ donor. They have a completely different way that you treat them when they come into the hospital to how you would treat them to save their lives. And he talked about how all of this is done and these patients then become organ donors and he would fight for them in the courts. And on his website, it's very harrowing. Um, two of the patient testimonies who were two young adults who then went on to go to college, get married, have children, and yet they were termed as brain dead. Now, the way they do uh, uh, the diagnosis to say someone's brain dead, to me, once I looked at it logically, if your heart is beating, you cannot be brain dead because the part of the brain that's responsible for your heart, for your breathing, for your temperature, it, in order to be brain dead, that would have to be not working either. And there's so little known about the brain. So I'm personally not uh, an advocate or a supporter of the whole organ donor scheme. And on the 20, I think, believe it was the 22nd of May, 2020, everyone in the UK became an organ donor unless you opt out. And you can go online and just put in opt out of organ donor and you can fill that in and opt out. And I personally would advocate that everyone do that and get all their loved ones to do it. Um, because um, this whole uh, repertoire hasn't changed. And I actually witnessed it in my early nursing career when I worked in theatres. I remember a woman coming in she was around 40 years old with brain hemorrhage. She ended up in intensive care and her husband was emotionally coerced. 
And she came down to the theatre and teams came from all over and she was all harvested. And um, it was very harrowing to see what she looked like when she came out of theatre. I was there and, and I remember that. So I think one should, one should um, think very carefully. And the one thing I will say about all of this is the entire pandemic, pandemic, scamdemic, organ donor, organ recipient, technology uh, is all of these prey on our fear of death. And we cannot live truly if we fear death because this is the difference here. When you, when you come to Christ, you don't have that fear of death anymore. So all of these things and our beliefs begin to change. Our beliefs of desperately trying to live and having an organ transplant and having masses of pharmaceutical drugs where we can't live. Right. So um, I, I, that's my personal, personal uh, beliefs mixed in with what I've learned in the whole um, allopathic uh, medical system. It's all, it is all inter intertwined. And again, I'm sure the NMC are listening and watching. And <laughs> you nurses out there, incidentally, you know who you are, Joe, who is telling the public, constantly stalking me and writing your comments, that this new device posing as a vaccine is safe and that you've had it and you're front line. Well, you're in breach of your code of conduct, young lady, because it's not safe. The safety trials haven't been done. And you are indeed using your status as a registered nurse to lie and coerce the public into having something that even the government has said. It doesn't stop transmission. Mm. It doesn't. It well, doesn't, it, the manufacturers have said it. So you are in breach of your code. Yeah. Kate, the, even, the man, even, the manuf even the manufacturers have said this. Now, folks, Kate, you and Kevin, you got to buckle up a little bit today because I know we're going to go long because we're halfway through the show and we got to get to our topic. But there were some questions, and I did want to answer them because I think they're good questions. I think it's good advice for people to pull themselves off of this organ donor thing. we got a caller calling in as well. By the way, if you've got a question or a comment, Please call in, 215-TOP-TALK, 215-867-8255. We'd love to hear from you. By the way, I just want to give a shout-out here real quickly, and you'll understand why. I'm sure Dr. Corbett and Kate will appreciate this as well. We got Lee Garrett in the chat room. I spoke with Lee here this week. <laughs> you know, Lee, man, you're the cream of the crop, dude. You're the top-shelf guy. You really are. And... Lee has is a young man. He's in his 20s. He's got a wife and kids. He's been standing up against pedophilia. He's been helping the homeless in his area. He's been doing, you know, helping the, the police do that. And then all of a sudden, all these authorities, these proclaimed authorities, turn on him. They've been harassing him, going after him, uh, shutting down his website. They've come in and taken his stuff again. Uh, he was telling me this week. I hope Lee doesn't mind. But, guys, if you have any means to help Lee, Lee doesn't have anything. They've blackballed him where he can't get a job. It's not that he doesn't have a work ethic, but he wants to work in his – he wants to be the part of the solution that we claim that we want. Now, he's not. he may not be in your area or even your country, but this is a young man who has stood up and – Forgive me here a second. 
He stood up. When some people who are listening to me are 40, 50, 60, 70 years old, and you've never taken a stand like this in your community and had all the things done to you the way this young man has done, if you can help him, he's, he's not going to ask you for it. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to petition it for him, okay? If you can help him, go to Lee Garrett, that's G-A-R-R-E-T-T, dash the truth dot C-O dot U-K, He's got an area here where you can make a donation. Help Lee. Lee is doing the things that most of you who listen to us, you say you want to see done. He's setting the example, and I think Lee is 29. If I'm off on that, it's close. He's 29 with a family of his own, and he's being attacked daily. And he's really at the mercy of God and those who hear uh, what we're saying here. So, Lee, I just want to say, brother, we appreciate you very much. I know uh, Dr. Corbett Kett, uh, and Kate and, and um, we could call it Mark Steele, and there are thousands of people who really appreciate what you do. So I want to encourage people, go to LeeGarrett-TheTruth.co.uk. He's in the chat room. Friend him on Facebook or wherever he's at, however long they leave him there, and uh, support Lee. Oh, support him in your prayers, too. Yeah, And Telegram. He's on Telegram as well. So, uh, Lee... Yeah, big shout out to you, brother. All right, my my phone call, uh, the the person who called in dropped off, so uh, I don't want to interrupt there. We've got a situation in the UK where there was this uh, young lady, uh, I believe her name was, was it Everhand? Um, okay, she, she was an, an anti-lockdown protester, and she went missing. They found her dead, and if I'm not mistaken, they have arrested a police officer in this situation over there in the UK. Do you, one of you guys want to elaborate on that? Well, the story, the official story we've been told is that this lady, I think she's in her early 30s, and that she was um, working in the corporate sector, and she was an anti-lockdown protester, and she was kidnapped by a member of the Metropolitan Police, the London Metropolitan Police. And this wasn't an ordinary member of the police. This was a particular member of the parliamentary and special services who are an armed group that are, they work to protect uh, consulates and embassies and also um, nuclear facilities. And this, this police officer has been charged with kidnap and murder of this young lady. And it's released a lot of um, it's released a lot of response from the public, of course, which is quite natural. And the poor family of this woman reportedly are traumatized naturally by the the murder. And there's been a public outcry. Now, what's interesting about the public outcry is that it gathered momentum very quickly last week, within a few days. You know, when you look at the statistics on the number of people that are murdered and the number of people that go missing, they're significant. But this particular story hit the media and got the media profile very quickly. It gained momentum until the body was found. And it's also had vigils created and quite a few vigils. I think more than 10 have been created nationally. I think as many as up to 20. I might be wrong there. And there's also been a high court claim to allow these vigils to take place because at the moment 
Britain, United Kingdom is in a lockdown and it's it's not, we're told it's illegal to be on the street of two with two or more people. Therefore, these vigils have they been as planned are technically against the government rules. And the police have advised people to stay at home and not to engage with the vigils. So we're in a sort of situation, it's 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 parallels the George Floyd situation, but maybe hasn't got the sort of right um, feel to it. But there's a there's a, a feeling of angst from the public and a wrongdoing against this family quite naturally. And also this vigil movement is gathering momentum. And as Kate said, part of this was that a member of parliament last week in parliament called for a six o'clock curfew on all males, which is quite a drastic draconian response, like, of course, the lockdown is. And um, quite a few people have gone along with this and given it airplay, this idea of a curfew. And what's interesting about this is that the, the fear porn that's been happening with the COVID and the coronavirus has waned at the moment. As the sunshine's got better and the weather's improved, people have gone out more, they haven't stayed indoors. And so people have started to break the rules and to gather, which government's saying is illegal, but actually there's no law. It's just uh, secondary legislation that's been brought in. No technical law saying it's illegal. Uh, but the fear porn is wearing thin. The COVID coronavirus hysteria is wearing thin. And some people are saying, uh, maybe cynically, but they're saying that this, um, this vigil movement against the, the, the death of Sarah Everard is an anti-male vigil, which is going to be used politically to bring in curfews. Now, we haven't had curfews yet, Tim, in the UK. Uh, we haven't had curfews. We've had local lockdowns and national lockdowns, but we haven't had timed curfews like they have in some parts of Europe, like France and other countries. And therefore, people mm, are quite mm. concerned that this is going to be used to bring in a more draconian situation, if that's possible, to what we have at present. And there's only one news channel who's pushing this narrative about the um, truth behind the the vigils, and that's the Unity News Network in the UK, which is an alternative channel. And they've smelt a rat with this story, and they're running with it uh, quite regularly. But other channels like the BBC and the mainstream media, they're going along with this narrative that maybe curfews could be a good idea, etc. So we've got to see how this plays out. So that's the story, that's the official version, and that's what's happening in alternative media in the UK. Okay. All right. Now, um, with this going on, what's what's actually been done? There, there has been a police officer arrested, right? And and what are what are, what's coming out about that? Because I saw some news. Um, I do post on Twitter, so I did see the headline. At the, I don't know if it was out of the Sun or something like that, but uh, the, they were giving the latest on that as well. What's going on with this this police officer? Was it just him? Was it his buddies? Do we do we know? if it was specifically targeted because she was anti-lockdown or was there something going on between them or anything like that? Do we know anything about that? There's no information on, on the, the, that particular detail. What they've, 
they've indicated is this is somebody operating on their own who's part of the Metropolitan Police and is an armed member of the police, almost as though they've, they've over, you know, they've overreached, they've acted alone, they were acting without official sanction, and that they kidnapped this individual. But they're also trying to um, reveal information about the person, the, the, the member of the police's own background. And two days before they were arrested for kidnap and murder, there was allegations of indecent exposure by this particular police officer. And what's happened after the arrest and the charge is that this police officer was found in a cell with serious head injuries on more than one occasion and had to be ferried to hospital in London for treatment. So it's been presented as like a lone gunman, you know, a lone figure acting on their own who, who has self-harmed uh, after arrest and has been operating illegally uh, for whatever reason. But the overtones and the background to this are highly suspicious. The fact that it's a firearms member of the police. Firearms in the UK aren't regular for the police. For a police officer to carry firearms, they're stringently tested in terms of their physical ability and their psychiatric um, suitability to carry firearms. So this is very, very strict in the UK. Not every regular officer has a firearm. And to have one, they're very, very closely monitored. And every time they discharge it, they're assessed, and there's a lot of bureaucracy for them to, to jump through. So the Shall fact- Can you say a word here that we've discussed, Dr. Corbett? Yeah, please. False flag, false flag is the first thing that springs to everybody's yep. lips. Yep. False flag to bring in something yeah. that they want to do uh, because they seem to have an awful lot of information. We have a system here, innocent until proven guilty. You're not yeah. supposed to be tried by the press. We all know that they do, but this is one of their own mm. and quite a high rank, you know, in a very big position of trust. In what the, the area that he works in, and as Dr. Corbett says, um, to have a to have a firearms license in the UK, it's not just all the police officers who have the you know, when there's ever a gun, we have the tactical firearms unit come out. So it's very interesting what they're trying to do. And the way instantly we had this woman, you know, saying we want we want curfew. And we just go back here. What's the thing you always do to, to destabilize your people? You separate your men from your women. Because if you take the children, the women uh, will follow. And then if you take them, the men will follow. You try and take the women and children when they're with the men, and the men will fight. So this is what they're doing. They're separate. They're attempting to separate. They use the same script for hundreds and hundreds of years. It's the same play. It's just different cast members. That's all it is. And we're a little bit more specialised now. It does look very much like it could be a false flag because... The speed at which this was picked up by the BBC and the mainstream media, out of the hundreds of missing persons last week mm -hmm. and the deaths, the murders that happened last week, and the fact that in London in the last 10 years at least, we've been living through a knife crime epidemic. And nobody's suggested, and the knife crime epidemic is 99.9% .9 male-dominated, male perpetrators. 
And nobody has ever said we need a male curfew because of the epidemic of knife crime in the UK. And Dr. London. Corbett, can I interrupt you just a second? With that knife crime, let me just ask, are these jihadis that are there that are that are covered up as mentally ill or whatever? I'm just curious because that's the news that I constantly see that comes out of London and areas like that. This isn't this isn't just uh, uh, regular British people. These are people with a certain ideology, and and again, this is not to attack all Muslims, but it is it is part of the teachings of their founder who did the same kind of stuff and encouraged it. Is that the case, or or can you can you elaborate on that just a little bit? From my understanding, Tim, of the situation in London. I think it's more nuanced than just uh, Islamic ideology. There is a culture of carrying knives and, and machetes amongst young, young males of a certain age and a certain cultural demographic that goes beyond okay. just Islamic. Is that because uh, that's because they don't have guns, they're going to use knives, right? Yeah, because they're easily concealed, they can be carried in their trousers, their trouser legs. And when I work for the London Metropolitan Police, the police are very adept at dealing with this, and they've had to deal with it in terms of the culture here, which is they're not armed. 99% of the police in, the, in London and the UK are not armed. They don't carry firearms on a regular basis. And therefore, they've had to be able to disarm gangs and individuals in gangs in a safe way. And so they do have a very extensive training program for the Metropolitan Police that deals with this. But it's a big problem in society that young males of a certain demographic, and this goes beyond just a Muslim population, uh, it goes right across the demographic, but the white constituencies the small is also significantly represented in in the, in the crime statistics that carrying uh, a machete or a knife a saber is acceptable in terms of cultural norm and it's it, it goes with the gang culture that's in london amongst the youth and it fits in with the economic situation and the educational attainments or lack of educational attainments. There's a whole background to this, which is economic and social, which cannot be ignored. It's an important bedrock. But, but the acceptability for people to carry knives um, has gone beyond a joke. It, it's absolutely incredible. And I thought when I was working when I first started working with the police, that this was just knives, you know, like <laughs> regular knives. And I was disabused of that notion. These are sabers quite often, large, you know, large devices that are, are, you know, feet in length. And people hide them in their trouser legs so that when they walk along the pavement, the sidewalk, they're not showing. And then during an altercation, these things get brought out and, and unfortunately people get killed because if you get a one of those into you and it cuts a major artery yep. well you've basically had it you know and, yeah or uh, you get this, it or you get it in the in the gut level and then then you're really you can, in trouble uh and and look i want to encourage i want to encourage something let me let me let you know what i know about uh, the guys in the uk 
I did an interview many years ago with a guy who was part of English Defense Fund or Defense League. And one of the things that he did was he told me, he said, oh, there's lots of guns in England. It's just we're holding them to the last possible moment because we know once we bring them out, we're, we're done. If we, don't, if we don't deal with everything at, at that one time, we're done because they're going to come get us. So I know that that's there. I'm not against people having knives. They can have a sword. I don't care. Because a law-abiding person, you can have a sword, a bazooka, a gun, a tank, a, a aircraft, whatever you want to have. You're not out to do anybody harm. But you need, those, you need these things to protect yourself, other people, your neighbors, uh, as the Second Amendment in the United States Constitution says, to secure a free state. You need these kind of weapons in order to do that. And those are those who want to uphold the law, not the lawless. The lawless are going to have that because they're going to ignore any pretended law that restricts or regulates arms, which is a God-given right uh, that people have. And that includes people outside the United States. It is a right you have, but the people have to stand up for that. Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you, but that's some of the history that I know about that. We have can I just say, can I just point something out that's really, really obvious here? Tim, I've just sent you on Telegram the homicide rates for the UK, the link to the government website for the homicides and how many there are. I just want to bring it back here to what's happening today. If someone comes along a train platform towards you with a knife, you're going to run away. You're going to consider that they're going to hurt you. If someone comes at you with a machete, the same thing. If someone comes running at you down the street with a syringe with liquid in it to inject it into your body, you're going to run away because you're going to see them as being harmful. But if someone comes at you like this with some badges, a name badge, a fob watch, maybe some gloves, a stethoscope, and they come at you with a syringe with this COVID-19, Pfizer, AstraZeneca, yep. Moderna um, device in it, you trust them. You trust <laughs> yeah. them. And they're going to inject this into you. And there's been more deaths in a short space of time than anything else. And we're going to see millions die. Yes. So that includes you, Joe, who's telling everyone that this is safe when the safety trials haven't been finished. Potentially, it's going to take your life as well. God's keeping score. So when someone's dressed like this, carrying a loaded weapon, because make no bones about it, no vaccine proven safe, no vaccine proven effective, no two vaccines ever tested for their efficacy. And yet we offer up our children to be sacrificed. It's a loaded gun. It's going to kill you. They are all going to make you sick because of the aluminium, mercury, immortalized cell lines that cause cancer, viruses, funguses, mold. And the latest one is completely different. Again, it can't be reversed, but it's okay. As long as we're coming out, you dress like this or with a stethoscope or a few letters after our name. It's kosher. Indeed, um, Tim, I think the point that Kate's making is a very valid one, that murderers come in different guises. Some are very explicit, and you can see them coming towards you. They may carry guns, knives, machetes, whatever. Others are disguised in less um, 
how can I put it, less overt ways, but they're also murderers. And I think if you look at the statistics on the adverse events and the deaths for these injections, how can they be justified? How can this be justified for a so-called disease, for a so-called virus that's never been isolated or purified? That's right. And for a situation where a death death certificate, a death statistic for this so-called COVID-19 is less than 1%. And we have a situation in the UK where it hasn't even been taken off the list of highly contagious infectious diseases. So we're injecting the population with fast-tracked injections that haven't been trialled, that haven't even got proper licences within our own laws, and we're telling the population that this isn't death, that this isn't murder, that this is somehow acceptable. When we've got an epidemic of knife crime on the streets of London, and we've got, as you know, because you've interviewed people, we have stores of guns and firearms in this country, probably in excess of anything people understand, which are there and are being used, but it doesn't get into the media. But you see mm, in the Metropolitan mm. Police, you see illegal firearms being used by members of the public for all sorts of crimes. And the police know this. And we're not able to protect ourselves. We're not able to protect ourselves against the coercion of government with these injections. And we're not able to protect ourselves with firearms legally from members of the public who carry machetes, knives and guns. It's like people driving cars without insurance. They crash into you and you're lucky if you walk away undamaged or you're not murdered because there's very little you can do once that ha attack has happened. So we are in a very vulnerable situation here, uh, health-wise and also in terms of our own safety in this country. So we don't have a second amend amendment. We don't have a legal right to carry arms. And there's been very high-profile cases in the last 30 years of people who have legally used firearms to protect themselves, their bodies, and their property. And some of them have gone to jail for doing that. You know, it's well, gone against you know, you know, Dr. Corbett, one of the things, and I'm going to, I'm going to try to bring this up and just, I, I forgot how long this is. Okay. This is 10 minutes. So I can't, I can't really play it. I was going to play people sort of this Moderna guy, uh, for what uh, Kate was talking about, but you guys can check it out. Just a real quick uh, shot here. Bombshell Moderna chief medical officer admits MRNA alters DNA. That is an attack on your body. People. That's what Kate's talking about, but you know, Dr. Corbett, not to get off the subject here, but you know, that I think that's how that's how the devil works here. He calls something legal that is lawless. They use the term legal as though it means lawful, and it's not. We've seen uh, – anybody can read the book uh, Gun Control in the Third Reich by Stephen Hallbrook, and you'll see that's what they did. They made it legal to take people's property, specifically Jews they targeted there. Uh, but then they went after other people too in doing that. And a lot of people don't realize it wasn't just Jews. They're, they're the ones that's made a big deal of so they could get the Zionist state of Israel. But – one of the things is is they, they attack Christians, and when you went yeah. to Auschwitz, they put more emphasis on the Poles that were attacked by the Germans and the Nazis uh, than it was Jews. And you just have them attacking all kinds of people because 
let's let's face it. The Bible tells us that the war is not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers and darkness and the rulers of the air. And so one of the issues that we have is we a lot of people fail to see that there are dark forces that are unseen behind those who are doing them. And so when you use the term like legal, that's how they're getting us. The socialists always change the language in order to push the agenda. And one of the issues that we have here is people have to stand up for God-given rights. I think this is one of the things that I really liked about William Wallace. He had a lot of faults. If you read really his uh, biography, he had, he, had a, he had some faults. Uh, he wasn't taken down the way Braveheart makes it that he was taken down. Um, and I believe the guy's name, McKinley, is the guy who was the author of his biography there that I read. He wasn't taken down the way Braveheart says. It. He was actually in a sinful in, uh, situation. But the fact of the matter is he had one thing. He said, what are you going to do without freedom? And even though he was wrong in there, just like David was wrong in his sin, he was right in that, and he was willing to fight for it. And I think this is the thing that's happened over decades. They've taken the heart out of the men of the country. That gets passed on to the children. We read about this in Deuteronomy 28. We see it uh, as part of the, the, the curse that comes upon those who are rebellious against God. And we see that's what Christ changes. If you read the end of Malachi, he talks about Elijah coming. And Jesus said John the Baptist was that Elijah that was spoken of. And it was to turn the hearts of the fathers to the children, the hearts of the children to the fathers. It was to, to bring the family knit back together. That is the normal way in which God... Uh, pushes the, or advances the faith, uh, we hold to that. And I think people, men have just lost that ability to stand and to stand fast. Now, Dr. Corbett, we talked about you, and we're going to go over, guys. So you guys on Red State Talk Radio, um, you're going you're gonna to have to catch us on, on Facebook, uh, Before It's News, sonsoflibertymedia.com if you want to get the rest of this because we've got to get to this, um, the hormone that, that Kate wants to bring in too. But... I think you're to be commended because you've had tremendous courage. You've taken a stand. You've been arrested. You've had to go to court. You're unwilling to compromise and plead guilty over anything because you stand fast. Your conscience bears witness that you stand fast on the things that you've said and the things that you've stood up for. Uh, there's about 30 seconds. Do you want to comment on that before we close the radio show and we'll, we'll continue on the other side on the video? I think that... Tim, Tim our, our context here is one of a socialist, almost communist system, really, since the Second World War. And you see this now with the imposition of uh, what's called furlough payments in the UK, where the government is giving people up to 80% of their salary for doing nothing but staying at home. Yeah. Okay. Let me let me close this out, and I'll let you continue your thoughts here, guys. Thank you for joining us on Red State Talk Radio. If you want to catch us, beforeitsnews.com, sonslibertymedia.com, and we'll see you there. Have a great weekend, great Lord's Day. Talk to you on Monday. David Knight will be with me. Okay. We want to welcome everybody back in on. Uh, the various video platforms who may be coming over from Red State Talk Radio. And yes, we're going to have David Knight. I interviewed him this week. It's a pre-record. We're going to have him next week. We're going to have Ray Comfort, Hell's Best Kept Secret. If you have never heard of that, Ray Comfort's the guy who brought that. You want to hear that. I did the interview with him yesterday. That's coming this week. Uh, Dr. Carbett, I, I apologize. The music came up there. Uh, do you want to continue your thought? And then we'll turn it over to Kate for her 
cuddle hormone that she wants to tell us about this week. Well, Tim, just to respond to what you're saying about people's losses of freedom and, and, and men's inability to protect themselves and their families, we have this socialist system in the UK where healthcare is run by the government and the government is paying people during the coronavirus hysteria to stay at home under a lockdown regime where they don't actually need to go to work. And last May, mm-hmm. it was calculated a, th- a quarter of the working population, so 8 million out of 33 million people, were being paid to stay at home. They were receiving up to 80% of their salaries for doing that, for doing nothing. They were receiving payments from the government to do nothing. Now, that's much higher now. The proportion of the working population, it may be as much as half between a quarter and a half of the population are receiving what's called furlough payments. As you know, furlough is a a concept of being on leave and being paid to go on leave. And this is because the government's fear porn around transmission of the virus. So people are being paid to stay at home. They're losing the will to live. They're losing their dignity Mm. if they had in the first place. They're losing their dignity and they're losing their sovereignty. It's like hemorrhaging out of them on a daily basis while they're receiving these payments. And the government is making everybody a stakeholder who engages in that furlough payment. They're making everybody a stakeholder in the scamdemic, the COVID scamdemic, the coronavirus scamdemic, the corona hysteria. They're making everybody a, a stakeholder in it by giving them free handouts. And later on this year and beginning of next, they're predicting that this will become something called universal basic income, which is a communist system where the government will own everything. It will pay you to stay at home, it will pay you to work, and it will take over your property because you won't be able to pay your mortgage Mm. and it will acquire your mortgage. And once the government owns your property, they'll dictate whether or not you can live there. And they will give you smaller premises if they think you own too much property. They will take it off you and they will apportion it like they did in the communist states after the Second World War. So that's what's coming. It's called UBI, Universal Basic Income. You know, Kevin, uh, one of the things, an alternative to you, Kate, for to speak to this, uh, the, the cuddle hormone, as you called it, uh, one, of, one of the things about the UBI, and if you, look, I'm not trying to offend you if you're a, a Q cultist or a Trump supporter or any of that, but I'm, I'm trying to tell you something. The reason Donald Trump was pushing for $2,000 checks, that is the exact amount of the UBI they're trying to push here in the States. If you think he is out to help you, you are sorely under a delusion. It is all controlled opposition to get you in the thing. Look at look at how they're playing this. All in the states, I can speak to this, Dr. Corbett. The 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 quote unquote Republicans, the quote unquote good guys, the conservatives, the constitutionalists as they like to call themselves, the smaller government guy where all their solutions are big government. They were just fine with dumping out a, a bill with six point something trillion dollars, okay? Most of it didn't go to Americans, not that it should have. The Constitution doesn't allow for that either. 
It was going to banksters and businesses and corporations and all kinds of other wasteful, unconstitutional things. They had no problem signing that back last year. Then they came later in the year, and they did it again, and Trump was pushing for the $2,000, which is the UBI number that they've got there, folks. You've got to understand what that is. And now they're playing like, oh, we're really fighting for the American people. You're wanting to do all this wasteful spending and COVID relief. None of it is COVID relief. None of it is because COVID has never been proven to exist. We're going to have Dr. Kaufman back on. Uh, I'm hoping Dr. Cowan will come on with him, but I, I don't think he will be able to. But they've put out the things showing why it's not. And they even have had a video where they've interacted with other people. Uh, like, uh, what was the lady's name? Uh, Dr. Uh, Judy Mitchovich, Mikovich, um, and interacted with them and had a show talking about even what she called isolation wasn't really isolation. And Dr. Cowan explains that. And so, guys, we're being, we're being hoodooed out yeah. of our liberties, out of our property, out of, out of our lives. If we're not standing up and opposing all of this at every turn, and that means when you go out, you don't submit to the, the mask Nazis. You, you tell them either I'm going to sue you because in the states because you're violating the Civil, Act, uh, Civil Rights Act of 1964, or you're going to say I'm going to give my business to somebody else and I'm going to sue you because they're, they're the ones being used. This is why we have the stuff about police. Police have to be held to account on what they're doing, because those are going to be the guys that are the frontline guys coming after you. Okay, now that's not to broad brush police and say all of them are bad. I know some people think that, but a lot of them are going to be influenced by the fact that hey, I got to take care of my family. You know, they did this with Nazi Germany. They were easily used because they were not men of principle, but they became effeminized and they what's what's the word I want to use here to be to be kind. They lost their manhood to, to stand up to it. Yeah, they lost their manhood to stand up to the tyranny and oppression and weren't willing to even give their lives in many cases. They were so scared of what would be done to them. Now, with that said, uh, let's let's move on to this cuddle hormone uh, because Kate wanted to bring this in because, you know, we can end on a, on a very positive note. Uh, Kate has said that I could call the... Uh, what did you say I could call the uh, segment? A healthy diet, finding love in everything you do. And because she's our health and wellness expert, I'm going to let her, her chip, chime in on this, um, this uh, cuddle hormone called oxytocin. Tell us about that, Kate. Uh, yeah, just before I say that, um, actually, Dr. Corbett and I were on a Zoom meeting um, a couple of nights ago with a lot of doctors from all over the world. And uh, Dr. Kaufman was on that and Dr. Cowan. And um, it, 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 I don't know how many more times we can all say it, that it's not been purified. It's not been proven to exist. The yeah, PCR I mean, test, the vaccine, yeah. we can just keep on saying it and saying it and saying it. It's been oversaid now. And um, uh, Tim, we said this last year. In June, July last year, I led a, a, a public petition to Boris Johnson on the non-isolation of SARS-CoV-2 and the fact that it didn't fulfill cost postulates for causing a disease that's so-called COVID-19. We've had up to 6,000 signatures already on that public petition. It's still ongoing. And I'm glad to see that Dr. Kaufman and Dr. Cowan have followed mm, suit. Mm. And they've got this big petition in the States. Yep. Uh, internationally, they've got over 5,000 signatures as well. I think these public petitions, like the one that I led, here in the UK last year are very important because they 
develop awareness and they change awareness of the reality that SARS-CoV-2 is a computer modeled concept. It is not a purified virus and that COVID-19 is a generic set of symptoms. It's not a real disease, yeah? This is a scamdemic. It's, it's a, a pseudo epidemic of false positive PCR testing, as Mike Eden said on numerous occasions. Yeah. And this is important that this has international reach now, these petitions that they're going global, they're not just the United States and the UK, they're going across the world. But it's very important that we attack this Achilles heel of the so-called virus, that it doesn't necessarily, it, you know, the narrative that the governments have put out is not true, it's mm, not a purified mm. virus. And that's not a denial, that's a truth, that's a scientific yeah. truth. Yeah, well, I, okay. I can say, hang on, hang on, one other thing, since you guys went there, let me let, me let people know this. There was a lady that uh, I was speaking to, she schedules interviews for Alex Newman of The New American, and she's the one who scheduled me for Dr. Lee Merritt and the interviews we had with her last week. And one of the things when we first talked was she said, I just don't get this, you know, Dr. Kaufman. She said, he's a smart guy. But what is he saying? It hasn't been isolated. Of course, it's been isolated. Blah, 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 and all this. And we had great conversations. But then she came back this week. And I guess somebody that she really respects. Um, and he had um, a Middle Eastern name. I can't remember the guy's name. But. She spoke about him, and she said, he's coming out and saying it's not. And she goes, well, what is this if it's not that? And you know, Kate, one of the things, the first interview that you and I did was after your little deal there with Uckfield Radio, and you were bringing out the issue of 5G. And Lee Merritt, when I asked her that, I didn't know where she would go with it, but she's been a, a military doctor. She was in the Navy. Uh, she's a spinal surgeon, all this. She went right off on it, no notes or nothing. She said, they did this, they did that, they had this testing here, this is what this stuff does. And she says it's like, she was like Mark Steele on this. She said, it's like they lined up AK-47s all around us that we can't see. And yeah. I, I think that is, I, I asked her, I said, do you think they've got us looking at a quote-unquote virus that they haven't separated out? They won't give people samples even though they say they have samples of it. Uh, because uh, this gentleman that that uh, my friend had mentioned said that he, they had asked several times from the CDC to get samples. The CDC never would send them to them. And I said, do you think they've got us looking in one direction while they're putting all these weapons around us that are actually causing the problem? I'm not saying they are, but I said, is that a possibility? And, I, and she said, yeah, I think that very much that might be a possibility. Is environmental radiation is really important to factor in here in terms of what they call a virus. And Andrew Kaufman and Dr. Cowan, uh, Tom Cowan, uh, very clear on this, especially Tom Cowan, you know, this terrain theory. We knew this 30 years ago with HIV, so-called HIV. Uh, the Perth group of scientists, Eleni Papadopoulos, Eliopoulos, Val Turner, Professor Papadimitro, David Kauser, these are the Perth group of scientists proved this many times in the 1980s and 1990s that what they called HIV is not necessarily a virus. It is a phenomenon that is documented due to environmental exposures, radiation exposures, 
and the, the status of the cellular material. So what is seen to be a budding virus is actually your own material moving between cells, microvesicles, exosomes. There's a whole set of internal um, material, genetic material that moves between cells. Scientists don't know all of it. It's unexplored. But this is what we're told is a virus. It isn't necessarily the case. People have been lied to. The tests have been licensed. Montagnier and um, the Robert Gallo in the States, Montagnier in the France, they got the patents and they made millions and millions, billions out of this. And the government's cashed in on it and big pharma as well. And this is the lie around HIV that we tried to expose from the 1980s and 1990s onwards. And on the back of that came in PCR with the viral load test for HIV. We knew these are fraudulent tests. We knew the science was fraudulent, but we weren't able to overturn it to the extent that we needed to, to defeat it. And now, 30 years later, we're fighting this rearguard action again with COVID-19 and so-called SARS-CoV-2. But this is the important thing to realize that the, the Andrew Kaufman and Tom Cowan are the new Perth group. The Perth group did it with HIV and AIDS, Tom Cowan, Andrew Kaufman, and, and others like myself are saying the same thing around SARS-CoV-2. The virus hasn't been purified. It doesn't necessarily exist in the way the public has been told it exists, as an exogenous material, as a, a virus that comes from outside your own cells that's going to hurt you. This isn't the right narrative. People are being lied to for all sorts of reasons to do with the economic situation the technocratic economy that's being brought in, the technocratic medicine that's being brought in to reduce costs and to reduce you to a unit of consumption without any sovereignty of your own body or your own nation. And this is the truth that people are learning very quickly in order to try and save themselves. Yeah, and I, we carried your article too about the Nazification of the healthcare system there, as well as you calling out, you know, Boris Johnson and the National Health Service about providing proof that what they're saying is even true, and these people can't even seem to do that. It's because they they've been caught red-handed, and they're doubling down because they don't want to admit their lies, they don't want to admit the deceit that they've caused upon the people, they don't want to admit the deaths because God forbid they be in America where we have laws that actually say. If you're engaged in these lockdowns and all kinds of infringements upon liberty and this, that, and the other, and it results in death, guess what you get? The sentence can include and go up to death. They, do, they don't want to come out. Liars want to hide in the darkness. They don't want to come to the light that they're, uh, as Jesus said, that their evil deeds may be exposed. And that's what the law does. The law brings them to the light. It shows them the truth. And either they're going to repent or they're not. And what we're seeing is, uh, because they think they have the power to do it, they're willing to just push their head down and run straight into the people and say, we don't care what you people think. We're going to push our agenda one way or the other. All right. Let's stop that conversation for just a little bit. Let's turn it over to Kate. We'll turn it, we'll turn it over to you to talk about uh, oxytocin. Tell us about that. Hi, right. Oxytocin. I always think it's good to finish on something good. Um, 
We're, we're told we have to all socially distance. And this is the devil at play, as we know. Now, oxytocin is what's released in the woman's brain before she gives birth. And it actually makes the uterus start to contract to push the baby out. This is wonderful. Remember, everything that we need was, was all here in this vehicle by our creator. And it used to be thought that it was just the women that had this. And actually, it was discovered that men have oxytocin as well. And so both uh, sexes have it and it performs a great role in love and bonding. And actually, when a man and woman is together, you know, when you're married and you're, you're having intercourse and you orgasm together, huge amounts have released. This is the bonding hormone, the cuddle hormone. So can you imagine you should be bonding with everybody, your partners, your neighbors, your friends, your family. And that's what they're telling you you shouldn't be doing. And there was actually research presented in 2010 at the annual meeting of the Society for Neuroscience in San Diego. And it traced oxytocin's effect in boosting trust and empathy to the point of increasing someone's wish to donate. And in the control group, 21% of those given the placebo um, reacted to the ads and wanted to give more money to charity. But the ones given the actual oxytocin donated 56% more donated. So it's been proven. So we should actually put this labor of love into everything. And right now, um, you know, everyone's really, you, you've got to always be ready for love. People, you know, be, see love in everything you do, whether it's the way you just tidy up in the morning when you're preparing your food, make everything a labor of love and always be prepped and ready for love. People are on lockdown. People are depressed. People are committing suicide. People have let themselves go. They're drinking loads of alcohol. Alcohol is a toxin. Um, people are using all the fast foods. I know one guy put on three stone. There's 14 pounds in a stone, 2.2 pounds for the kilogram. That's a lot of weight during 12 months. So people aren't ready for love. Yeah. When, you, when you give yourself to be married to, to your partner, it's a contract you're entering into. You know, men, it's the three Ps, provide protect and parade. They want their woman to look good. So always be ready for love. Take care in yourself, how you look, what you put in your body, the words you speak, the thoughts that come in your mind. So this bonding hormone, we should be loving everyone, loving everything we do. Wake up in the morning, look in the mirror and say to yourself, I love you because I'm created in the image of God. God's within us. Then go to your partner, love your partner. Give them a great big long hug. Do that thing where you take someone you love, be it your, your friends, your partners, your loved ones, your children. I don't know if your dog or cat will allow you to do it, but get a hold of their face. Put your hands on their face and do eye to eye contact, eye to eye contact and hold that gaze. Hold that gaze for 10 seconds, 20 seconds and love them. All of these things are going to secrete oxytocin which in a study, as I've just said, has proved that it makes you more empathetic towards your fellow man. It makes you think about their struggles, how they're feeling, and it makes you not think of just yourself as an island. Now, um, what you know, the 10 reasons why people don't connect with one another anymore, 
they they're married and they're no longer fulfilling their marital obligations and it's from eating rubbish foods drinking alcohol sugar not getting sleep all of these things letting your own physical appearance go not providing time for your relationship too busy i'm too busy i've got to do this i've got to do that i've got to do the most important thing is that bonding time that's the man that's going to be standing at the pitch with the pitchfork at the end of your drive when the 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 brawling mob come because society's falling apart because everyone's now collapsing because they've all taken this device uh, or people don't have food this is where you need to bond it's a really important hormone it is and i just want to finish on something yeah, I'm going to get me some of that. <laughs> uh, or the a- let me let me say this: or the AK-47 or the AR-15. He's going to be standing. I'm not going to stand at the end of the driveway. I'm going to stand here on the front porch. <laughs> yeah, uh, it's you know, um, this is this is why they don't want you cuddling. They don't want you knowing this. It's been proven in studies. It's released from all of us. They're like, no, you know, you can't you can't hug anyone. No, you can't do that. Um, you know, I stood in Trafalgar Square. There was 40,000 of us. Um, I don't recall Black Lives Matter seeing loads of them dead when they were all out there. This is all the devil at play. Now, I just want to finish on something really, really wonderful. This was a study where they went and asked a load of little children, what was love? And I've just highlighted a couple of these because it's really wonderful. Now, remember our children, um, They're not, well, they are now. They're being told to wear masks. They're being brainwashed. But the reason our kids run around naked with no inhibitions is because they haven't had um, all of these constraints from society pressed on them. Do you think in the Amazon, in the rainforest, that they're all sitting there going, we need to get a mask on, guys. Oh, we need to cover ourselves up. Uh, We need to get the telly on and watch what's happening. They don't even know that this virus is around. They don't care. That's why when somebody said the indigenous people of the Amazon, someone had just been diagnosed with with COVID-19, you big fat liars. I mean, they don't even let you in there. They'll kill you before they let you in because they know what the white man brings. So look, let's just finish on something really, really wonderful. These were a group of uh, four, I believe it was four to eight year olds. What is love? When someone loves you, the way they say your name is different. You just know that your name is safe in their mouth. That was Billy, age four. Love is what is in the room with you at Christmas if you stop opening presents and listen. That was Bobby, age seven. If you want to learn to love better, you should start with a friend who you hate. That was Nika, age six. Love is when you tell a guy you like his shirt and he wears it every day. Noel, age six so guys if you're out there offers on a postcard i'll tell you i like your shirt you can wear it constantly (laughs) and we'll see how that goes i've told dr corbett i'm getting married this year i've just got to find the perfect husband (laughs) yeah and he he better behave he better be yeah he better behave himself because you got a lot of brothers now around the world (laughs) and if he doesn't behave himself we're coming after him okay and I know my older sister loves me because she gives me all her old clothes and has to go out and buy new ones. That was Lauren, aged four. (laughs) You see the innocence of kids here, but the best one, the final one, um, 
Author and lecturer Leo Boscalia once talked about a contest he was asked to judge and the purpose of the contest was to find the most caring child. The winner was a four-year-old child whose next-door neighbour was an elderly gentleman who'd recently lost his wife and upon seeing the man cry, the little boy went into the old gentleman's yard, climbed onto his lap and just sat there. When his mother asked what had he said to the neighbour, the little boy said, nothing, I just helped him cry. So do you see, there would have been oxytocin released. This is the hormone that helps us bond to our babies. We, We release it, our uterus starts to contract, and we give birth within 24 hours. That same oxytocin is what triggers the next bit where we start to release our colostrum and then our milk, which God gave us. He didn't say, go feed your baby from a cow. He gave us the perfect milk in these jugs that were not there to excite people in the bar where you stuff a dollar down a pants. No, they are there specifically to feed a baby. Amen. And he gave us this. He gave us this and and then he's given it to men as well. It helps us bond. Now, I have patients who were very overweight and they have disease and I get them on a nutritional program. You can come to me, Kate Shamarani at gmail.com. And let me tell you, two of my couples, neither of them had had sexual intercourse with their partners one of them for a decade. I got them on the detox and dietary program. They lost loads of weight and they are both having honeymoons with their partners. Oh, that's great. And one of them's husbands has come on and thanked me. So this is wonderful. So get out there, hug, kiss, love. It's spring. You know, everything's (laughs) opening up. This is a time when we start to regenerate. This is a time of great love so let's do it, folks. We can all do it. And I'm up for lots of oxytocin. So, guys, I've got Tim as my brother. I've got Kevin as my brother. So you better be on it. <laughs> well, I, I tell you, you know, I, I want to play that. What was that old song? Love is in the air. And I can't sing. But uh, anyway. Well, you, should, you can play the Bee Gees one. Yeah. I, I, I sent it to you this morning. Well, because the, the words in the Bee Gees song are like you're talking to. It's like you're talking to your creator. When you arise in the morning sun, I feel you touch me in yep. the morning rain. Well, let's let's it's take it. Let's, let's take it. Let's take it to the biblical. If somebody wants to read about the love that God has for His people, specifically Christ and His church, because we're told in Ephesians five that that husbands are to love their wives as Christ loved the church. And a lot of guys say, "Well, I, I'm willing to to die for my wife." Okay, but are you willing to live for her? And I think that's some of the stuff that you're getting to. We're called to love all men. The Bible tells us we're called to love our enemies. The love de- is in a demonstration. It's not about you know the Budweiser commercial of "I love you, man." It, it's it's the thing of a demonstration. First John three eighteen. That's one of the the prominent verses that we use at the Sons of Liberty. We are to demonstrate our love. The Bible tells us that when we gather to gather. You know, Paul says you greet one another with a holy kiss. Now, I'm not going up and kissing some man, and I'm certainly not going to kiss a woman, even on the cheek. I, I just don't, I don't do that. Um, but, you know, we do it with handshakes. We do it with hugs. We, we show affection for one another. And then there's a special love that we have for our uh, spouse that we don't have for another. If you're a guy, you don't have it for another woman. If you're a woman, you don't have it for another man. It's a 
special kind of love. That is the kind of love that God has or that Jesus has for his church. It is a, it's a love like he doesn't have for people who are outside the faith. Not everybody is a part of the faith, folks. Not everybody has the Christ spirit, the Holy Spirit within them. Only those who have the spirit of God are gods. That's what the book of Romans teaches us. But I, I want to end on something else, too, that's very encouraging. There are some people uh, who have made some comments. Boy, they're doing all these things in the in the talk that we had earlier. They're doing all these things. What do we do? We're just doomed. We're, you know, some people are just so gloom and doom. And I want to tell you something. Let me let me read you this from Ephesians chapter six because I hope it will be encouraging to you, um, and, and not disheartening. There is no reason to be disheartened, people. There there really isn't, unless you're those who are unrepentant. Unless you are those outside of Christ, then you have nothing to look forward but a fearful expectation of judgment, the book of Hebrews tells us. But here's what Ephesians uh, chapter 6 says. And check this out. This is all about love. You remember Jesus was asked, what's the gr-? he asked the, the guy who came to him, he said, what's the greatest commandment? And the guy says, to love the Lord your God with all your heart, your soul, your mind, and your strength. And he goes, that's right. And the second is like it, to love your neighbors yourself. This fulfills all the law. The first part of the, the table of the law, the first four commandments, are about our love towards God. The, the last part, the six commandments, uh, the last part of the, the table of the law, are about how we love one another. So here's, and, and look, none of us have kept it perfectly. That's why we need Jesus Christ. I mean, he paid the price for those who violated the law. But here's what Paul recommends, and he points out. These are things of love. Watch this. Children, obey your parents and the Lord, for this is right. Honor thy father and mother, which is the first commandment with promise. Which one is that? Well, that's the fifth commandment. Honor your father and your mother, that your days may be long upon the land which the Lord your God is giving you. Okay? That it may be well with thee, is what Paul says, and thou mayest live long on the earth. Now, he's saying this in the New Testament. He's reiterating that, and he's saying this applies to all of you guys who are hearing me. This is, it. look, Old Testament Israel, as far as the nation, it's gone. It's destroyed. New te- Modern-day Israel has nothing to do with biblical prophecy, has nothing to do with Old Testament. It is a delusion that you're under if you hold to that, okay? This he's speaking to the Israel of the Old Testament, which is the, re- the remnant, which is the church, has come into the New Testament, and now it's encompassed in greater number Gentiles, if you will. Okay, all right. Read Ephesians chapter two. Read the whole chapter if you haven't read that. Then he says this, and you fathers, provoke not your children to wrath. In other words, love them, bring them up in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. And he says this, servants, be obedient to them that are your masters. Or we could take in this in this culture, we could say employers, employees, obey your employer. As though he's the Lord. It, this is what it's. It, this is what it's saying. He says, um, uh, "Servants, be obedient to them that are your masters, according to the flesh, with fear and trembling, in singleness of your heart, as unto Christ." Now, this doesn't mean submit to their tyranny or submit to their uh, sinfulness, but it does say, "Do your work, do your work as unto the Lord." Okay. Then he says, not with eye service as men pleasers, but as the servants of Christ, doing the will of God from the heart. Then he goes on, he says, with goodwill doing service, just what I said, as to the Lord and not to men. 
Because whatever you do, you're to do it with all your might, the book of Ecclesiastes tells us, tells us to do, and we're to do it for the glory of God. Then he says this, knowing that whatsoever good thing any man doeth, the same shall he receive of the Lord. The Lord's the one who rewards you, not necessarily your employer, although you may get reward from them, whether he be bond or free. And then he speaks to the employers or the masters. He says, and, you ma- and by the way, this was literal masters and slaves here that he's talking about. Do the same things unto them, forbearing, threatening, knowing that your master also is in heaven. Neither is there respect of persons with him. In other words, if you have authority over somebody, you need to understand you're under the authority of God, and you better be careful that you don't lord it over other people. And then there's this charge. Okay, this is for those of you who are feeling weak, those of you who are feeling beaten down, those of you who are feeling doom and gloom. I'm going to tell you something. There was a song my kids have played for me at time. I don't even know what the song is. I like the music part. I don't know. I haven't really paid attention to the words. But there's one thing where the guy goes, put on your war paint. All right, this is where Paul says, put on your war paint. Finally, my brethren, breathe strong in the Lord, not in your government. Not in anybody else, not in yourself. Be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. We're not fighting really against Boris Johnson or Joe Biden or Donald Trump or any of these other entities that are that have usurped authority. Okay, We're dealing with our enemy, the devil, and he's behind them. Read Isaiah, and you'll see that God addresses the power behind the kings, and he calls Lucifer who he is. He calls Satan who he is. So against the walls of the devil, for we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of the world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. Wherefore, take unto you the whole armor of God, that ye may be able to withstand in the evil day, and having done all, to stand, stand therefore, having your loins girt about with truth, having the breastplate of righteousness. All of this stuff is a protection of us, not of our physical body. It is a protection of our mind from the delusion of what's coming. Why do we have Kate and Dr. Corbett and Dr. Kaufman and Dr. Kerry Midday and all of these other people from, it is, doesn't even have to be COVID. We're trying to promote the truth because the truth is what sets men free. It is what protects men uh, in the most dire of circumstances. And then he says, having your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Guys, if you don't have a gospel that points to the law to convict sinners of their transgressions of the law and then points them to that Paul says that is the schoolmaster that drives them to Christ. You don't have the true gospel. If you just say Jesus loves you and have a wonderful plan for your life or Jesus died for you and that's all you've got, you don't have the full gospel because you've not shown people their problem. You haven't been the doctor that comes and gives the diagnosis of the problem, of which is that they're dead in their sins. They're not sick. They're dead in their sins is what Paul says in Ephesians 2. Sorry, I'm preaching here a little bit, but I want to get this across as an encouragement to people who are feeling down. He says, Above all, take the shield of faith, wherewith ye shall be able to quench all the fire. He didn't say some. He said, All the fiery darts of the wicked. All of them. And he says, And take the helmet of salvation, that thing that protects your mind. Hold on fast to the word of God. He says, The sword of the Spirit. That is the word of God. Right? He says, Which is the word of God? Praying always. How many of us are praying while we're also fighting? Some people take either just the fight in the arm of the flesh or they're praying. 
and and they're not they're not doing any work. It's both. It's not an either or. It's both that we're to do. Praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit, and watching thereunto with all perseverance and supplication for all saints and for me. Paul even asked for him. Everybody thinks Paul is this great guy. Paul is just a man like we are. He's no different. He he had stuff that he had to deal with. He had fights and struggles within him. And he says, I'm not a guy like, you know, the shadow puncher, or the shadow boxer. I'm not beating the air. I discipline myself in order that I might not be uh, seen as one who is tossed aside or is um, unqualified. And then he says, that utterance may be given unto me, that I may open my mouth boldly to make known the mystery of the gospel. Now, friends, I want to tell you, um, Bradley and I need your prayers. Because we come on daily doing the same thing. We do it in different ways, but because we have different gifts, but the same spirit. Kate... It, it, it does this too. Dr. Corbett has mentioned this with the scriptures as well. And so we need your prayers. And I don't say that sort of haphazardly. Um, let me let me give you a for instance here. Even this week, I have been doing two or three shows a day. Some of you don't see that. I do the morning show, then I've been doing pre-records like every day except one for the past week or so. And I'm thankful for that. I'm not aggravated about that. And we had a washer go down. You know, our washer runs basically 24-7 at our house. And our washer went down. And I, I think I mentioned in passing one morning with, uh, you know, just all the stuff that was going on. And I, I when my wife told me, I was just like, oh, something else? I mean, we can never seem to get ahead here. And I, I just kind of mentioned it in passing. And somebody messaged me. And because after after she told me, I just I sat here. I was by myself, and I said, "Lord, you've been faithful for all these years. I've been yours. I don't know how I'm going to cover this. It wasn't a, an expensive thing. One hundred sixty-seven dollars is expensive for us. Okay, I'm just going to tell you. I said, I don't know how I'm going to do it. How, am I, how you know you know what I need before I need it. You've brought this in here because you're a sovereign God, and you have a good purpose in this. I don't know how I'm going to do it." I, I And I went back to working. I just left it in his hands. Do you know that within an hour, I had somebody message me and say, my husband said you had some problems with the washing machine. They didn't know how much it was. Okay, they didn't know. And they said, we want to send you some money to cover that. And they said, we want to see you $200. They didn't know how much it was. And they sent it to me immediately on the PayPal, which was great. It it covered because I'd already paid for it. And I was struggling going, what are we going to do? We got this thing due in a couple of days. And then they said, give us your address. We're going to send you something extra. Guys, I cannot tell you. The Father hears us when we cry. Does Jesus not say, if you ask for for a stone, is he going to give you a? Uh, or if he asks for a piece of bread, is he going to? Is God going to give you um, a, 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 a stone? Is if you ask for a fish, is he going to give you a serpent? No, God knows your needs before, but He wants to see that you trust Him. And I can tell you, God hears our prayers, and He answers in a time of need. I'm not saying that. 
to to get anything. I I I don't ask people for stuff. I ask God. I really do. And I'm amazed at how he moves on his people to be the instruments and the means of how he takes care of us. And isn't that what he tells us in scripture? I just want to say that to encourage you. Get in the fight. Trust God. Do it in your sphere of influence. Your sphere of influence might be, you know, you're a you're a housewife, you've got kids, you've got a husband to take care of. Kate was talking about love your husband. Take care of him. Take care of those kids. This is Titus chapter 2. Put your energies into the home. You're to be a homemaker, woman of God, who is uh, a wife and a mother. Because t- read Titus 2. I got in trouble for teaching this to, to teenagers, okay, by their parents and, and people in the church. But you read that. If you don't do that, if that is not where your energy is poured into rather than uh, some kind of a job or a career or something, the Bible tells you, read Titus 2, it says that you give the people around you a reason to blaspheme God. That is a pretty serious charge. I didn't say that. That's in your Bible. If you be- if you say you believe the Bible, that's what it says. So I want to give you some encouragement. Get in the fight. Put on the armor of God. Trust God. Confess your sins daily. Confess them to friends because the Bible says that we're to confess them to one another. We encourage one another not to sin again. By confessing them and say, we had these filthies, we're going to put them aside, hold us account. Where do you think AA got their stuff? They ultimately got it from the Bible. But they've, they've misconstrued it and distorted it. It's not what it is. This is an issue to where we have to repent. We have to turn from sin. We have to put those things behind us. And we have to follow hard after the kingdom. We've got to put our hand to the plow and not look back. Guys, um, I preached there a little bit. But uh, what I want to do is give you both a chance here at the end of the show to just kind of give uh, a brief, maybe a minute or two, kind of closing uh, statement about what we've talked about today. Um, yep. Thank you so much. Um it's all within us. Everything is within us. God's within us. And they don't kind of want us to know that. And we, we have to turn away from the devil's picnic, all of the news, the press, the lies, the hoax. And it is a hoax. Uh, and for the NMC watching, it's a hoax. Um, you know, we, we have to turn away from all that. And we need to put our faith in. God is overseeing all of this. He's in complete control. It's a test. It's a test in every single step of the way. And I hear people all the time saying, well, well actually, I, I heard a woman who's very educated and um, saying, um, we're all going to get our vaccine now. We can get back to normal. We can get back to our lives. I, for one, I don't want to go back to that life because it wasn't normal. It None of it was normal. And for me personally, I'm now, um, I've teamed up with um, a builder who, who is a, a family member of a really close friend of mine to build houses. We're looking at land to buy land and we're building two sustainable properties to, to have, to grow our own food to all sustainable, even our water on the land, we're doing it all. And it's really exciting. And, you know, would I have done this two years ago? No, I, I wanted chickens and I was living really healthy and I was doing all that. But would I have really taken that next step? No. Even the houses, I, I sold my house almost a year ago and it's all just going through now. But even the houses that I was looking at a year ago are completely different to my, my mindset now. And it's, it's really going back to, to, to the way we, we should be. And that's what I'm trying to do. So um, for anyone who's got health issues, 
And Lee Garrett is actually uh, helping do the website. He's fantastic. Amen. And, and, Amen. Yep. And you did say to him, you know, really help him. He's a wonderful young man. He is. And um, Dr. Corbett is my very, very close friend. And as a result of what's happened in the last year, Lots of people that were my friends have fallen away. And really, I didn't have a lot in common with any of them when I look back. But the people who've now come into my life are exceptional. And I feel completely blessed. So I haven't, of course, you as well, Tim, being here. I haven't really lost anything. Nothing. I've gained everything. Because when, when God created us in his image he wants us to be happy and love that's my chihuahua so um it's all there for us he just wants us to find it and in order to find it we have to follow scripture amen amen dr corbett thundering just as i said that did you hear the thunder i didn't but i hear the dog (laughs) it's thundering it's thundering a big clap of thunder just came just as i said it so um yep so th- I'm going to have to love you and leave you all now. Uh, okay. Wonderful show. I'm going to go you, and spread, I'm going to go and secrete some oxytocin now. Well, um, let me let me before you go and I give Dr. Corbett the last word here. Uh, people want to say convey our blessings to Kate and Kevin. You guys are the best. They the people in the chat they come here for you okay. guys on Saturday. They don't come here for me. Nobody comes here for me. But if they come here for you guys, I think that you you speak the truth to them. You've shown that you're willing to stand up. You give inspiration and encouragement to the people by the demonstration that you're not just talking with your mouth you you make talk radio do radio you do the things that you say and a lot of people appreciate you guys for that thank you very much and and just what i'd like to point out that the artwork that you always see behind dr corbett is indeed his artwork he's also an artist he's just full of surprises isn't he (laughs) (laughs) he's fabulous and i met him through COVID hoax. So I'm completely blessed. Dr. Corbett, you want to, you want to end with a final thought? Well, I must just put you to, I must um, just say that the artwork behind me is actually a collection of different artists. It's not, not mine, but. But you um, are an artist because I've seen your work. I am an artist. (laughs) But I can't really, I, I mean, we're just ordinary people to be quite honest, Tim. And, you know, they're extraordinary times, and but we're ordinary people, like you're saying about Paul. You know, we're no different in a sense to anybody else. Although people might project into us all sorts of capacities and qualities that they think we have, but we do have to realise that this is an environment where we're challenged spiritually. And if you don't get a handle on that really early on then it's going to be very, very difficult to develop a way forward. And it has to be about developing a way forward here, not about going back in a sense, but about going forward with the best of what we had and bringing that forward with us. So it is about a forward movement. It's about a positive approach. And it's about looking critically at the narrative that you've given, being given by governments and about from officials and back from scientists, uh, fear-based narratives that you need to look at critically. You need to find a way of living through them by deconstructing them, by dissolving them, by finding a way forward. And anybody who thinks that it's normal, acceptable, 
and healthy to shut down human communication and spiritual communication. Really, it's so totally counterproductive, totally anti-common sense, totally against everything that people have been taught in scripture in the Bible. And, and, and really, you need to take that forward as a way, as a basis for the future. Come out of this mindset, this fear porn, this way of being where you exist like a battery hen in a unit on your own, uh, watching television and feeding off the mainstream media and eating toxic food and, and drinking loads of alcohol. This is, this is a toxic way of living that the, that governments and authorities are trying to force you into. And uh, I do hope that people can do that and can find a way forward and that they can see something in what we're saying. But we are ordinary people. We're not extraordinary. There's nothing exceptional about us. And um, I'd like to just maybe leave it there. Okay. Yeah, and I appreciate that. And I'm not meaning to make you up to be gods or you know celebrities or something like that. What I'm saying is, is that God takes ordinary man and he does he does extraordinary things through us and uh, we're thankful to him for that we give the glory to god for that anything that we have in us that is good comes from god it doesn't come from us so i I appreciate that that word that you had there kevin guys we're going to close out the show monday lord willing we're going to have david knight uh it's already pre-recorded I wish I had like three hours. Our conversation, I tried to get him on for several months. Our conversation was so just, I mean, this guy is full of knowledge about a lot. He's a, I didn't even know he's an electrical engineer. And we and the thing I wanted to get on about Texas, we only had about 10 minutes. So, guys, I, for, I forgive me. We didn't go over it in the show. I'm going to let you know it's pre-recorded. But we talked for 20 minutes after, and I said, David, I should have just kept the thing running because – all this stuff you're saying is good, but you don't want to miss that. That is, I think it's an eye-opening piece into what's going on at InfoWars. Okay, just look, I like some of the stuff that Alex Jones has done, but under the Trump stuff, he has done a 180. You don't want to miss that. It really is informative. Dave is a great guy. He said he's going to come back, so we'll have him then. You guys have a great Lord's Day, great weekend. Don't forget, meet with the people of God. Uh, David mentioned this is a great congregation. That's a great term, David, because the word church that's translated into English is the word ecclesia, which means the assembly or the congregation. And this is where so many dispensationalists, and if you don't know what that is, I'm not going into it. This is where they get it wrong. It's where they've hamstrung the church. This is where the modern state of Israel comes from, the rapture, pin the tail on the Antichrist, seven years tribulation, all this kind of weird stuff came from. We are the body of Christ. Come together together. Meet with one another. Get somebody who teaches the Word of God for what it is, verse by verse, in the book, expositing what God has said. That is God speaking. God speaking is not some kind of you know voice out of the whatever. He speaks in His Word. I heard from Him this morning, from His Word. You can hear from God today from His Word. I want to challenge you to do that. You guys have a great weekend. We'll talk to you at 6 a.m., Monday morning, don't forget Bradley's on at 3 p.m. Eastern Time, sonsoflibertymedia.com. Go there, pick Bradley up, right side of the page. He'll be there. Don't miss it. See ya.